CCC during these days. And I hope everybody got a storybook as you came in this morning, and uh, it tells just a small piece of the life of TCC. If you, if you happen to have your storybook in front of you, I think those oranges are uh, particularly inviting. Uh, I think uh, they'd make some great orange juice out of this. Uh, so uh, I can uh, look forward to the day when uh, we're just going to see God give us more and more fruit. And that's really the purpose of the, the orange is to remind ourselves of the fruit that God has uh, already brought to us at TCC. And then we look forward to the fruit that uh, is going to be born in the, in the days ahead. And we want to be the delicious oranges of the neighborhood. Uh, Jesus said to be salt and light, but uh, maybe we can be those delicious oranges. And we want to produce and grow and be healthy and make a difference in our community. So this is our symbol of uh, bearing fruit in these days. And on the first section is a little uh, 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 caption called Our Story. And actually, when we thought about it, we could have had a section called, uh, just prior to this, Our Dream. Uh, be because before we talk about our story, it all, started, uh, it all started with a dream. It actually started with the regional minister of the Alberta Baptist Association saying, we've been wanting to start a church in Terwilliger Town, but we haven't been able to because there's no place to meet. And those words just were challenging, and they got the imagination juices flowing, really. We, w we wanted to start a church in Terwilliger Town, but we couldn't because there's no place to meet. So that's when the imagination kicked in about 13 years ago, and it's been such a blessing. And we see some of the fruit of labor that's already transpired. Well, take a look at the storybook. Uh, we, uh, we call it a storybook, maybe better yet a storyboard, because uh, a storyboard is something that's always in process, and, and we, are, we are in process. We are watching God create the story, so to speak. And behind the storyboard is just a great process that is uh, rich and meaningful. Uh, so it's much more than a four-week initiative. It uh, really, this has come to be our plan for the future, our priorities for the future, and under next steps that we have listed here uh, is discipleship and youth ministry and outreach and uh, international ministry and church planting. So we have a plan for the future, we have priorities for the future, and uh, it's a wonderful gift of thinking ahead and planning ahead and dreaming uh, for what God is going to do. So each Sunday, we're going to take a different theme in, in the month of November. And on November 29th, we're going to arrive at uh, Celebration Sunday, and we're going to celebrate our next steps as a church here at Williger Community. And we're going to celebrate every gift for the future that's going to make such a difference here and in our community. So this morning, would you think with me for a few minutes uh, about the power of a dream, the power of a dream? Uh, and we won't stay in one passage this morning, but just uh, allow me just to take a few hops here and there, big steps uh, throughout Scripture, to see what the Bible says about dreaming 
and about imagining. One of the greatest gifts that God has given you uh, is this amazing thing called imagination. It's a wonderful ability to be able to see things in your mind, to be able to think, to be able to create inside of your head. I mean, it is a gift, the gift of dreaming or the gift of imagination. What does the power of a dream or what does the power of imagination do in your life? Can I give you about four things this morning? And maybe they'll be helpful to us as a church. Uh, Maybe they will be helpful to you as an individual on your journey. Uh, Maybe they will be helpful to you in your vocation. Or maybe they're helpful to you as, uh, as you pursue something that's very passionate to you in your life. Uh, So number one, dreams define. Dreams define. Dreaming uh, shapes my life. The way I think about the way I live shapes my life. It defines how I act. And there's a verse in Proverbs that says it well. 23 verse 7 says, For as a man or woman thinks in his or her heart, so is he, so is she. As a man or woman thinks in his heart or her heart. So you are defined by what you think and how you think. You can think positively or you can think negatively. Uh, You can imagine all kinds of things that could be harmful in your life. You can allow your mind to fixate on the poisons of life or the lusts of life. And before you know it, You're being defined by your imagination. So there are some things I suppose we should not imagine. We shouldn't allow them into our mind because it takes our lives off in the wrong direction. That's why Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, to think on those things that are are good and pure and beautiful and wholesome uh, and so on. And it's always a great verse to be reminded of. Worry is a harmful way to use your imagination. But you can. You can imagine everything that could possibly go wrong and most of it is simply fretting over stuff that's never going to happen. But you play the negative videotapes over and over and over and over again in your mind and you imagine the worst and it begins to define you. You can imagine... Revenge. Some people do that. I mean, they just look forward to the day when they will get the revenge. And they begin to imagine on the dark side of life. The problem is that also defines you. And it shapes you into a very cynical, sad person. So dreams and imaginations define who we are from both a positive and a negative perspective. Then there is some dreaming that is beyond us. I mean, we're not even capable. We can't even imagine, for example, how great God really is. I mean, we we have a, a sense of his greatness, but we can't really imagine how great he really is. We We try, but we have no idea of how big and great and powerful God really is. We look at the universe that he made and we can't even imagine how big it is or how small it is. 
Have you looked at God's creation and just marvel? There is a designer behind, behind all that we see. And he's the Lord God Almighty and we know something of him. But do we really grasp who he is and all of his power? And just trying to imagine, for example, how the body, the human body, is made is mind-boggling. It's an amazing body that God has created. And we keep learning more and more and more about the body that he gave us. And we know something of God's love for us, but yet we can't really imagine how very much he loves us. So there are some things that we shouldn't try to imagine because they're negative. And the Bible calls them actually evil imaginations or empty imaginations. And there are some things we cannot imagine because we simply don't have the brain capacity. They are beyond us. But there are some things that we, we should imagine. Like the verse in Proverbs, or in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, that says, Fix your things, uh, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And you know, that verse, through the years, through the centuries, has prompted so many people to kind of change their thinking, try to see how they might be a blessing to people, how they might come alongside of people and bless them and give them encouragement in their journey. So dreams define. Walt Disney once said that Disneyland will never be completed. He said it will continue to grow <clears throat> as long as there is imagination left in the world. And that is so true. As long as there's, you can dream it, as long as you can think it and plan for it and imagine it, there's still more progress to be made. <clears throat> for our lives, uh, we are never finished with the journey uh, uh, that God gives us in terms of dreaming and imagining. For us as a church, we're never finished with the richness of what God wants us to do. There's always something more to think about, always something more to dream. And as long as we have imagination, we can keep dreaming it and keep thinking about it. So whatever your dream, it helps give your life definition and, and meaning. So dream God's way because it begins to define who you are. Dream his thoughts. So there are things that we should dream. <clears throat> Excuse me. Secondly, uh, dreams inspire. Joseph had a dream. Now this morning, Tiff's busy at work here, Tiffany Lebenhagen, and, and we asked her to do a painting every Sunday for these next four Sundays and kind of just follow the theme. And the, this morning, uh, well, the theme of a power to dream. Actually, Tiff, we asked you to kind of blow off the dust of those paintbrushes because you hadn't done that for a while. So awesome. Thank you for taking the challenge. And you selected The Power of a Dream with Joseph. Why? And how does it come right here? How's it relevant? I chose Joseph because when I thought of dreams, he was the first. There's lots of people in the Bible that dreamt, but he was the first one that popped to mind. Um, so it's this epic story. Uh, and I chose the dream because God gave Joseph a very specific gift. 
to see bits of his own future and the future of his whole family and, and an entire generation, the Israelites. And Joseph had no idea that there was a... He had no idea the depth and the breadth of what that dream actually was, but God gave it to him just at the right time in his life. Um, the first time that we hear about him dreaming in the Bible, he's telling his brothers uh, what his future is going to be and what their future is, which is that he was going to be somehow in charge of them and all of them were going to be subservient to him. That didn't go over very well. Mm. Um, but Joseph at that time had no idea what that dream actually meant. Fast forward a little bit of time, his brothers really don't like him. They decide to um, do away with him. Talk about it, they're going to kill him. They decide, let's not kill him, let's just throw him in a pit for a little bit. And uh, all the while, Joseph, I'm sure, is thinking about those dreams. How are these dreams going to come true when my life is starting to fall apart? Turns out that he gets exiled, he has to go live in Egypt, he's away from his family as a prisoner and a slave with ostensibly no, no way to get out. So here's this guy who God gave him incredible dreams, dreams that he knows God gave him. And how are they going to get answered? I chose Joseph because Joseph is an incredible example of someone who took God's dream and persevered and didn't give up, and just trusted God at his word. And I think that applies to us today, because I really do believe that God gave TCC a vision to reach, not just Tulliger in the community, but our entire city, which affects our nation, which affects the world. And um, the power of a dream, you can't measure it. Um... Whatever God gives you that he knows is, that you know that it's from God, you can absolutely trust that. And so I think we as TCC, we can absolutely trust his purpose for us in this community, his ability um, to pay off our debt, his ability to help us in our own lives and pay off our debts, his ability to meet us exactly where we're at in every single challenge we have. So I picked Joseph because he applies to everyone, because we all have dreams we all have challenges. And what separates Joseph from the crowd is his ability to just trust God at his word. And that's, we can all do that. So we can all be Josephs in the corporate sense and also just as, as individuals. And I'll tell you what, if you think you don't make a difference, you absolutely do because it just takes one person to start to follow God in what God's telling you to do. And you watch your circles start to change. And that affects other circles. Yeah. It's enormous. God saved an entire world and generation of people through one man who trusted God at his dream. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for your reminder that you can never measure the power of a dream. It just goes on and on. And uh, Joseph is certainly one of my favorite biblical characters as well. Probably for most of us, he's a favorite. I love, I love this man's heart and what kept him going uh, through all the hardships and pressures uh, was those dreams. Uh, he went through a lot, uh, but he was inspired by the dreams that God gave him. And I, I think you could accurately say they were prophetic dreams. They were prophetic dreams. 
and they grounded him in knowing that God had a special place in his heart for Joseph and that he was going to use Joseph. And this man went from prison to palace and cut off from his family for so many years and yet you never seem to see anything in the historical account where he lashes out at God for being so unfair in his life. In fact, his dreams inspired him. And at the end of the day, as Tiffany said, when his brothers were so afraid that Joseph would now take his vengeance out upon them, they came to him and they said, We beg you to forgive our sin. Dad was now dead, and the boys were feeling this retribution that could be forthcoming from Joseph. And Joseph had them right where he wanted them. He could have crushed them like bugs Uh, All those years of being deprived of his family and being sent off into exile, all those cruel things that had been done to him, and now was the time to put a licking on his brothers. And that's all that Joseph could think about was revenge, revenge, justice, let justice prevail. Well, you know the story. That's not the truth. That's not the story. In fact, when Joseph received the message that his brothers were afraid, the Bible says that he broke down and wept. It's like, guys, you don't get it. Joseph said, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I could punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And he brought me to the position, this position so I could save the lives of many people. God's dreams inspired Joseph, but also sustained him. And when God gives you a dream... There will be days when you feel so passionate about it. You will be so excited about what he wants you to do. And there will be some days when you feel that this is a terrifically difficult assignment. But because of God's dream in your heart, you are sustained through the challenging times. And you can go on. Because you know in your heart that God intended it for good. You've walked through the hard times, but God has kept you through the hard times. And he gives you the grace and the strength to carry on. And he uses you for his glory. So God is giving us some dreams for the future as a church. Love the dreams that God is giving to us. God gave us dreams in the past. We have a little video, by the way, in our files. It's not all that clear. It's not all that great. The sound is not all that clear. But we have it filmed back in 2004. I'm not going to show it this morning. But it was filmed on the property where the church now sits just a little bit to the south of us here. And in the video, Sid, Sid Page, led us in a prayer of asking God to show us the way to have a presence, a church building in this community and ideally right on this property. And it took five long years where I basically, honestly, I felt such a loss because it seemed so right that we would be here, but it never worked out. Uh, but that prayer was finally answered in September '09, And God answered, and the doors swung open, and we were able to buy this property. The dream that God uh, had called us to inspired us and uh, sustained us. And here we are today. Yes, uh, we're attempting to clear off our debt. We think that's great stewardship just in and of itself to clear off the debt. But uh, 
as soon as we do clear off the debt, we release a quarter million dollars every year into our ministry and uh, into church planting every year because we no longer have to pay the interest and the principal on our debt. So it's wonderful to think that we could pay off our debt, and it's, but it's really the implications of all of that that really inspires us. And what is even greater is that God has given us dreams to build a stronger ministry here in discipleship and outreach and youth ministry and so on, and in planting another church. And that's inspiring. So God is giving us new dreams today, and maybe just maybe we'll look back to this time five years from now and we'll say his dreams propelled us not to coast, not to be content with maintaining, but this new vision has resulted in one, maybe two, maybe three uh, churches, more churches that are thriving. You know, God gave you two ways of seeing. Uh, First, you see through your physical eyes, of course, And that's an amazing gift, the gift of sight. But also you see by the imagination in your mind. And actually that's why reading a book is so fascinating, especially a novel. It's better than TV because you're imagining in your mind. You're putting your own thoughts to it. You're creating your own scenery and your own landscape. And uh, so you, you can dream it and you can create it and you can imagine it. And it's very awesome. So dreams inspire God's dreams inspire me. God's dreams inspire us as a church to say, God, we're in. We're in. We don't want to miss anything that you want to do among us. If you've got something for us, we're listening. We want to be part of the dream that you've got. So dreams define. Dreams inspire. Thirdly, dreams build faith. The first verse of Hebrews 11 speaks to our imagination. We call Hebrews 11 the hall of faith. I think I might have it on the slide here. If I do, would you read it with me? Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It says that faith is when we hope for something and we know it's going to happen. In order to hope for something, you know, you have to picture it in your mind. Remember when you were a kid at Christmas time and you looked under the Christmas tree and you saw the gifts with your name on it and you started imagining what was inside that box? In fact, you, you, might have, you probably did. You probably picked it up and you shook it a little bit to see if you could get some clues. And you got real excited because you thought you knew what was inside the box because you were picturing it in your mind. You could not see it, but you were dreaming. You were allowing your creative imagination to tell you what was inside the box. And you know, you can go through that long lineup of uh, people in Hebrews 11, this hall of faith. And when you kind of come to every name, one after another, you see that they probably all were called upon to use their eyes of imagination, to use their eyes of faith. Abraham, for example. And don't you think it must have been a little crazy for Abraham 
to actually have the name father of a great nation and not have any kids. But God called him to imagine. He said, Abraham, I want you to go outside. I want you to count the stars at night if you can. And Abraham goes outside and he realizes, I can't even begin to count all of these stars. And God says to him, that's how many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that you're going to have. Why did God have Abraham look up into the heavens? He wanted Abraham to use his imagination. He wanted him to dream and believe that God was at work in his life, even though he had to wait so long. Abraham must have wondered, just as all of us do, is this thing ever going to turn around? Is anything ever going to change? And God may be saying to you, I have a great plan for your life. And you might be saying to him, it looks a little impossible. How does it work? I don't have a clue how these things are really going to come together in my life, Lord. Have you stopped dreaming because the odds against just look too daunting? Does God need to take you outside? Well, that sounds kind of like for a thrashing, but does God need to take you outside and look at the stars and say to you, I have great things for you. Just trust me. But God puts faith in your heart. He puts faith in your heart. And he, he gives you imagination to shake the box under the Christmas tree and say, I think I know what's in there. And you hold on to that dream. You hold on to what God is doing in your life by faith. And you never let it go. Because dreams build faith. And then finally, dreams impact the future. There's a great verse in Proverbs 28, verse 18, and you probably know it well. Maybe you've been challenged by it in days gone by. I certainly have. Let me run the polished cloth over it once again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. We all need a vision to keep us clear and focused. You need a vision in your life. I need a vision in my life. We need a vision for our church. If we don't have a vision for our church, we're just going to stand around and say, I hope something happens here. But God calls us to see his vision. If you don't have a great vision, you'll never become the man or woman that God has in mind for you. We all need something bigger than ourselves. We need something bigger than us. Something to focus on that removes us from our own little world of thinking of my needs to saying, God, how can I make a difference in your world? That's a vision. How can I make a difference in your world, God? But what will you have a vision for? I mean, selfishly, we could dream about being a billionaire one day. But why? For what purpose? Do you think God puts you on the planet to live for yourself? Or do you see that he has called you 
He's giving you a dream that is bigger than your dream. He's giving you a dream that is to change the world. He's giving you a dream which is really a gift of time. I mean, he didn't just take you home immediately after you came to faith in Christ. Because he wants you to make a difference in his world. As a staff, uh, this week we, uh, we had a, just a little time to study. It took maybe 20 minutes. And we looked at this marvelous verse in Ephesians 3.21 and just kind of just kind of tried to think about all the implications of this verse. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Ephesians 3.21. God can do anything. He can do far more than you can even begin to imagine or think about or guess or even ask for in your wildest dreams. I think we stop the bus too quickly. Uh, we say, I guess that's never going to change. Have you ever said that? I don't think anything's ever going to change. I guess I'm stuck. You're not stuck. You have a God who can do things in your life beyond your imagination. He's never limited. If he has you on hold at the moment, don't expect it to always be that way. Uh, He's just giving you time. He's giving you some time right now to get focused, to get real clear about where you're going. But just trust him. Because he's able to do so much more than you would ever dream of. It'll be beyond what you would ever have thought. It'll be better than you ever thought. Because he's God. Do you think God has a dream and a vision for TCC? I have no doubt. I have no doubt that he has a great dream for us. He has a great vision. We're trying to hear his voice. You know, we might get a little nervous when we talk about having a vision for what God wants us to do. But God wants us to use our imagination and dream. And dreaming large honors God. It demonstrates faith. It's not arrogance. It's simply stepping out by faith. And I expect that God's saying to us, Come on, my sons and daughters at TCC. Don't hold back. Go for it. I called you all. I called this church into being because I need you, because I want you, because you can make a difference in this part of the city. And I have even greater things for you if you'll trust me. I'll show you the nations. I'll show you the nations. So the verse, again, in another translation, now unto him who's able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Isn't that a great word? He's able to do immeasurably more. Now, I know you know this, but let me just remind you, whenever God gives you a dream, it's not a dream for self. It's never a dream to exalt yourself. It's never a dream to build your own empire. It's never that. It's a kingdom dream. It's always a kingdom dream. And I thought of Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, you remember his great speech called, I Have a Dream. 
And I didn't know the history of this, but somebody said it to me Wednesday night. Did you know the, the background of that speech? And I, I really didn't. And, and apparently, Martin Luther uh, uh, King Jr. was giving a speech, and it kind of wasn't hitting the target very well. It was kind of just not getting there to the audience. And Mahalia Jackson, the well-known gospel singer, called out. She was somewhere behind him. She said, Tell them about the dream, Martin. And King departed from his prepared text. And he broke out into this amazing piece of inspiring rhetoric. And uh, here's just a... We'll just take a moment, a minute here. Here's a brief clip. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. great speech. You know, God always wants to use you for his dreams and for his glory and for the heart, his heart for this world. And sometimes uh, the dreams you get will, will be focused on yourself, but the real ones that are from God are the, are the dreams that are focused on the heart of God and the kingdom of God. And the kingdom dream always connects with the Great Commission because Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations. What a God dream that is. And that's his dream that we will catch his heart and with great imagination uh, we will lay it all before him. Uh, As we've said, this is uh, Sunday number one in our Just Imagine uh, financial initiative. Our goal is to eliminate our debt, $2 million. Why do we want to do that again? Certainly the good stewardship of not having debt to encumber us. But... The why of eliminating our debt is that we can strengthen the ministry at TCC, that we can plant another church somewhere across the Anthony Hende, because that's the heart of God. That's the dream of God, and that's the dream he's giving us. So on November 29th, on Celebration Sunday, we're going to bring our commitment cards, and we're going to see what God 
does among us. But friends, I want to say this morning that there are some uh, lead gifts uh, from our staff who are very committed to this dream. There are some lead gifts from our elders who are very committed to this dream. And there are some lead gifts from our cabinet who have been guiding this financial initiative. And there are a few others who have said, count me in, here's my gift. So I'm going to ask uh, this morning Brad Liskey, who's been the chair of our cabinet, to come and just say a couple of words and tell us the amount of the lead gifts. And they've been totaled, uh, even probably as I was talking, and we're somewhere in that journey. So, Good morning, my friends. There have been very few people who have given to this campaign already. And I'm super happy to announce that as of right now, out of our $2 million that we're trying to raise, $770,000 has already been given. So, thank you. That's incredible. Would you stand with me, please? Well, let's just rejoice, give thanks, thank the Lord for his goodness. Lord, we, we thank you for placing your dreams in our hearts. And may they all be kingdom dreams, Lord, as we've said this morning, as we listen for the Spirit as he speaks. Thank you for the encouragement this morning of these first commitments. Continue to lead us to celebrate what you're doing among us, Father. Oh, we just look forward to the day when um, some of that vision that you've been giving to us will actually be unraveled. We look forward to a, a new church that will brim with excitement and joy and people coming in and people finding you, Lord Jesus. So continue to, to lead us as we continue to move forward in celebrating what you're doing. And in these coming weeks, Lord, we ask for your anointing. We pray that you will touch us all for the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.